Welcome to episode three. Today we have got an interview I did with Dana from Wild Hearted World. She is a digital nomad and this was so much fun, this interview. You will hear a lot of laughing and giggling going on throughout, but we dive right into life as a digital nomad. You can find her at wildheartedworld.com. You can search Wild Hearted World on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Hope you guys enjoy. You are listening to Solo Women Travel Tribe Podcast with your host, Zena Jones. Learn, inspire, share, and connect with fellow solo woman travelers from all over the globe. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Solo Woman Travel Tribe Podcast. Today, we are chatting to Dana from Wild Hearted World, and she is all the way over in Coffs Harbour, Australia. Welcome to the show, Dana. Hey, tribe. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me on, Zena. Oh, thank you so much for coming. Now, I just wanted to pre-warn everyone that you do have a cold today, and we might hear a little bit of coughing if I can't edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying trying really hard not to right now. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) All right, so let's start off with tell everyone, how did you become a digital nomad? What is it that you do? How did I become Mm. a digital nomad? I think it's easier to start with, yeah, what I do. So I run my own travel consultancy business. I worked for one of Australia's largest retailers for over seven years. And I just got to this point where I was craving freedom. And I found a company that allowed me to switch over to them and work remotely. So now as long as I have Wi-Fi, I can literally be anywhere in the world with my consultancy business. I work work for myself uh, on my own hours. I get to choose my clients and it opened up all of this extra time for me to like delve into my passion project, which is my blog, Wild Hearted World, um, and writing as well. So like reaching out to magazines and stuff to write with is, uh, has always been a passion of mine. So now I've like, yeah, created this freedom lifestyle to be able to do that. And it sounds so exciting. So how, so you started by working in the travel industry, is that right? Yes. So I was with that retailer for a little over seven years in a like bricks and mortar shop. So I went to like the same little shop every day. (laughs) Oh, actually there was a couple of shops there, but um, I was in the head office for about four years and then nearly four years over in another shop in Bondi. So that's fantastic. So how do you make money? That's one of the questions that our listeners had asked. How do you make money? at the moment is mm-hmm. through my consultancy business. So I'm booking travel for people and I'm paid a commission by the airlines, the hotels, the tour companies, um, insurance. So that is my bread and butter at the moment. Cool. Uh, I also just wrote my first paid article for a magazine, which is really exciting. So that's like a new avenue of income that I'm going to be exploring. Congratulations um, on and that. At the moment, I'm not earning anything from my blog, but I'm building it to that level where in future I'm going to be earning money from consultancy and uh, sponsorship with brands. And my dream is to write a book and to obviously earn money off the back of that, but it's more about like writing the book. I don't even care if I earn money, but that just kind of comes. Like if you keep putting yourself out there, like all of these new avenues will, will come up even coaching, public speaking. Like there's so many different ways. Like, um, 
image sales. I could go on. There's so many different ways to, to earn money. Yeah, there is. There's so many. And I would be first in line to buy your book, by the way. I think it would be an amazing book to hear your story. Oh, I think I'll have to gift you one. <laughs> oh, thanks. But, and now it's, now it's recorded. So yeah, you, <laughs> you have to do it now because it's recorded. <laughs> it is, and I will. <laughs> one thing I want to go back to that you just said, though, is that you are building your blog. So you're not making income from it at the moment, but you are in the process of building it. And I think it's really important to highlight that to our listeners because so many people have this perception that when you become a digital nomad, you literally just travel the world all the time and live this luxurious kind of a lifestyle, but it's not really like that, is it? Oh my God, not at all. If you could see me right now, I'm sitting here in active wear. Um, I've been up since four o'clock this morning because I'm literally like back at home in Australia for like three days at my parents' house, washing my clothes, changing over for another (laughs) trip and catching up on all of my work. So I've been up since 4am. I'm doing like 16 hour days, just like catching up on everything. So it's definitely not um, glamorous. Like if you want to create your dream life, you've got to be in there and hustle. Yeah. And I, I think that's so good to highlight. You do have to work hard and there's a lot of work that goes into it. Like you can't just throw a blog page together and start talking about your travels and automatically earn income. It does take work. And I see like on social media, for example, I see you putting in a lot of work, like through your Instagram, writing blog posts, your photography, by the way, is amazing. Thank you. That's really sweet to amazing. hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know that you did a course recently in Bali as well. I did. I was on retreat with Glow from Glow Graphics and Alyssa from My Life's a Travel Movie. They both ran a Bali bloggers boot camp. So there was 14 of us that flew in from around the world. They were mainly Americans, me and another Australian girl. Uh, and we spent a week in a villa in Bali and we literally just spent the week talking about how they grew their blogs, uh, finding your voice when you're blogging, mm-hmm. um, you know, tips and tricks on using a GoPro. Alyssa like only shoots with her GoPro or 99% of her stuff is with a GoPro. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out and had like a couple of days where we just went out on shoot days. So we had like a pre-planned itinerary. We took a bunch of outfits and we went and like just had fun getting as much content as we could and helping each other. And that's been amazing. Like that's an entirely new tribe that I'm part of now with those, you know, those 16 people like family to me now. And I got to catch up with Alyssa uh, last week when I was in Paris on the U by Uni World cruise. She was on there as well. And I also took my friend Jess from a blonde and her passport along as my guest on that trip as well. So everyone is crossing back over in different places and helping each other grow as well, which is the most important thing is empowering others and growing, growing together. That's, that's the highlight for me. I think I totally, totally agree. And I love that you just said that, like you were talking about a new tribe that you've created. How important is it to you to have, you know, a tribe of your own on this journey? Oh, tribe is everything. I try to be aligned with as many tribes that as I can, like solo women travel tribe. I love, I joined when you were under a thousand people and you just said before, like you guys are up over 9,000. So cool to be such, um, to be part of like such an empowering network where all of these women are supporting each other and and helping each other grow. Mm, I totally agree. And I think, um, like, 
as much as we all love to travel solo, for example, um, and, you know, do things on our own and be independent, I think to have that bigger tribe behind you, just to know that you have that, that, you know, empowering force behind you is, is really important. I think it's huge. Yeah. Mm. 100%. And, and you don't, like you can be traveling solo, but not be traveling solo at the same yes. time. Like you get to meet up with some of these people and that mm-hmm. makes it even more exciting. It does. It so does. Yeah. I love that part. It's just meeting those new people. And I was talking about it with someone the other day. And I think when you travel on your own, it just kind of opens you up in a different way to be more, um, receiving to meet new people or more, what's the word other than open? I can't think of another word just to, to be able to receive and meet new people and make amazing connections. 100% agree. It, um, I'm trying to think of another word than open, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm blocked as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not open to another word. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that's all good. I was going to ask you, and I don't know how easy this is for you to answer, but how many days or hours per week do you work on average, or how do you fit that all in? That's a really interesting question because it depends on what I've got going on. Right. So to give you a bit of a run through, I was in Paris last week. So um, I was with you by Uniworld for the week. Mm -hmm. So our day consisted of getting up at about eight or nine o'clock in the morning and the days were full. Like we had uh, shore excursions. We were like networking with other people. We had a lot of stuff going on. We had the parties at nighttime. So we were getting to bed at like three or four o'clock in the morning, waking up again at nine. Um, I had, I knew that that week was happening. So I had set my week up where I hired someone to take over any emergency consulting. So like any like new quotes or, um, if any clients I had traveling had an emergency. So I had that piece of mind in the background that my clients were looked after and I could still get out there and enjoy this trip and, um, produce as much content as I could in that week. Mm -hmm. And then, I had planned that I was going to be back in Australia um, for this week. I've got three days at home, so I'm literally pulling like 16-hour days. I said before I've been like up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to bed at about 10 or 11, and I'm literally just sitting there and being super productive and working. I've got like a little piece of paper where every uh, I've broken down like today I had like 30 things on my to-do list, and I was like, okay, if I work from like – six to two that's like four things an hour so like every hour I'll be like 9am and I'll like try and write down all the all of those things until I get to four things and as soon as I get to four things then I can reply to emails until it's the end of that hour yeah and keep like playing that game with myself to keep Mm -hmm. myself motivated and then I'm taking a few days off Friday Saturday Sunday I've got a wedding on the Hawkesbury River for one of my best friends so that is scheduled in for no work time And then I fly back out to America on Monday for a trip with Utah Tourism. So I'm going to be doing a road trip with their their tourism board for a week. So my days next week will look like working with them from like 7 o'clock in the morning until probably 9 or 10 o'clock at night Um, and then doing my own work around those hours. So that means getting up at like 4 o'clock in the morning so I can do two or three hours before I start with them for the day and then the same thing when I get back to my room at nine or 10 at night, catching up and doing a couple of hours to stay on top. So it sounds like you are very good at scheduling and time management. A hundred percent. Like you can't, I don't know how people can, can 
work without being like that because otherwise everything would fall apart. And I did notice in there that you said you'd hired someone as well to take on any like emergencies from your clients or new quotes and stuff that came in. Yeah. So I just Mm -hmm. pay them an hourly rate to, um, whatever work they did for me in that week. I just, um, she sent me an invoice at the end of the week and I just pay her for the work that she's done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great that you're able to do that so that you can, you know, take on these opportunities and, and make the most of, you know, things that come your way. Yeah. Hundred percent. It makes life so much easier. Yeah. And ask who in the group is a digital nomad. Uh, what do they do for work? And you know, form a relationship with those people um, if it's something that aligns with you, and get to know them and ask for help from there. Yeah, I love that, and that's a great way to do it. Form a relationship, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, get to and know don't go in guns blazing with it all about you because it's never about you. Like actually get to know someone and, you know, really value them because at the end of the day they don't have to help you. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that before we started recording as well, like about the connection and the collaboration side of things. And I think it's, yes. it's so important to highlight that, yeah, if you want to build that connection and that relationship and that rapport – you know, and, and there's someone who's doing what you really want to be doing. Well, you know, what's in it for them as well? You know, what do you, what do you, you know, why should they reach out, reach back and help you? Yeah. And Mm. another point I want to add is in as well is be prepared to invest in yourself, be prepared to take courses, be prepared to hire a coach, be prepared to, you know, travel to, to learn whatever you need to do, because the more you invest in yourself, like, I don't know about you, but for me, every time I've invested in myself with a coach, it's come back to me minimum tenfold is what they say. And yeah, yeah, absolutely minimum tenfold. Yeah, definitely. I always have my own coach and I'm currently part of a mastermind group as well. And I hugely, hugely believe in the value of that hugely yeah Yeah. and um yeah like you say when you invest in yourself I think you just yeah you get that back tenfold don't you and that's things like like courses as well like that blogging course you were just talking about yeah that that yeah well I paid I think you know it was just shy of about two thousand US dollars to to go and do that but the relationships that I've formed out of that um are so much more valuable. Like, obviously, like I learned a lot in that week, but for me, it's always the relationships because you never know when you're going to cross paths with people again. Like I had no expectation. Like I didn't know about the the thing in Paris last week with Uniworld. And then Alyssa reached out and was like, Hey, I heard that you're on here. Um, I'm going to be on here as well. So I got to see her. I invited my friend Jess, who Jess never knew that she was going to end up in Paris when we met in Bali like six weeks earlier. Like how crazy is that? That yeah. you know she has just met this girl and is now going on an all expenses paid trip to Paris because we because. just happened to be on a course together. Like yeah. the world conspires to make happen what you want as long as you're moving forward and taking action. Like everything will kind of rise up to to meet that. Completely, a hundred percent agree with you. Completely. Is there anything that you wish you knew before you started this digital nomad lifestyle? Uh, I feel like I was so prepared for a change that I didn't care what was going to happen. I just wanted it so badly that I was willing to give it everything that I had. Um, If I was going to give advice to someone about things you wanted to know before, it would be be 
be prepared to not be making money straight away, be prepared to um, go through massive ups and downs. Like it's not always going to be smooth sailing. You're going to have days where it's like, what, uh, you know, what have I done without swearing in there? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to have days where you want to quit. You're going to have days where you question yourself. Um, yeah, it's not easy. So be, be prepared for that. But any, you know, anything, anything that you really want is not going to be easy. The, the good is always on the other side of, of taking that jump into fear. Yeah. I so, so agree with that. And, you know, if it was easy, we wouldn't appreciate it nearly as much as we do when we get there. Oh, I love that. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 And it just, it also, it teaches you just how capable and resourceful you are when you have to go through those tough times. Oh, for sure. And being able to, yeah, stop and look back and appreciate it is, mm. is everything. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what are some apps or resources that you use to book and plan your own travel? I feel like I'm a little bit lucky because that's what I do for a job. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I, I was hoping we like could get some only sites that aren't open to the public. Yeah. Um, but you definitely can't go past like your basics for, you know, flights and stuff like Skyscanner and Google flights um, cool. are really easy to be on Skyscanner for like specific flights on a day. And then Google flights, if you're like a really open, um, to dates that gives you like a range of a month is really cool. Um, and then, yeah, like all your different sites like Airbnb, uh, Expedia, um, just playing around with, with any of those ones. And it is really good that you, you know, as a travel agent to get that, that answer. I was, I was, I was actually quite curious to see what you were going to say, because I know that you've got access to like all of the industry information and the, the industry fairs and so forth. But to hear you say that you would still recommend sites like Airbnb and Booking.com and, um, you know, Skyscanner and stuff like that, that's really cool because those are, I think, what the majority of people out there are using. So that's oh, cool. definitely. And I hate to say Booking.com because they don't pay me any commission, but they do have good stuff on there. Mm. So, mm. no, I'm not going to go and slate them because they do help people. So yeah. I'm completely about being transparent with, you know, even if it doesn't um, – better me in any way it's bettering someone else so share 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 <laughs> mm, that's cool and actually I just had this thought come to mind this isn't a question that I had um sort of prepared you with but hopefully you're okay to answer it we had this there was a bit of a debate in solo woman travel tribe about whether or not to use a travel agent when you do your booking now okay. I guess I'm, I'm possibly biased because I was an agent for maybe five or six years so I can see the value in it but a lot of people were saying well no they charge extra fees and they don't know necessarily where I want to go and what I want to do and you know there was a lot of like um negativity towards the person who had suggested it so could you maybe answer that why should people use a travel agent or why would you suggest that they do I think there's definitely different types of travel agents mm -hmm. for me in and where I'm at now with so much experience. Like I've been in the industry for nine years. So yes, I do charge a service fee. No, I'm not going to be the cheapest. Um, but why my clients come to me is because they want my nine plus years experience in the industry. They want all of my contacts overseas that are going to create the best experience that they can't find online. Mm -hmm. And they want me there when things go wrong. So 
if there's an ash cloud in Bali and their flights get cancelled, if they fall over and break a leg, like anything that happens, they know that I'm there, I've got their back, I will fix everything for them and they don't have to do anything. So for me, it's about service. So I can understand people not wanting to use one and sure, like you can go online and book stuff so easily but when shit goes wrong like yeah. have fun have fun dealing with that like if you saw how long I spent on hold on you know on hold to airlines or yeah. dealing with insurance companies or doing stuff like the dirty work that you don't want to do then yeah. you would reconsider using an agent and there are some agents that um you know, do pride themselves on on price where you know you can actually go and get what you find online for the same price. Like if my clients came to me, I will always look at it and I'll see whether it's worth my time to be like, okay, I can get that for you. I can still be making money for myself, giving you the good service, and we can negotiate that there. Uh, it just depends on what it is. Like I always assess everything on a kind of like case by case basis. Yeah. And I think you've answered that so well in saying that it is a service that you're paying for and that, you know, when shit hits the fan and I experienced that really well on my last holiday, it is so nice to be able to ring someone or email someone and say, Oh my God, this has happened. What the heck do I do? What, how do I deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's some people, they've only booked one trip. So they, you know, one or two trips they've been on where I'm booking like a hundred plus trips a month. Like I know what I'm doing and what is going to take you 20 hours. I can probably do in 20 minutes and save you stress, drama, time. Yeah. And it just allows you time to, you know, get excited about your trip to, to plan what you're going to take, to plan what you want to see and do instead of, you know, researching, you know, 10 different airlines and trying to find the best fare and deciding where you're going to stop over and then, you know, how to know where to stay, what's the area, you know, like, and some people love that, don't get me wrong, they love that side of the research, but, you know, it, it can take a lot of time away from the joy of it, I think. A hundred percent, you are making me want to stop listening then, just hearing all of that, like that time part of it does mm. my head in. Sometimes when I'm doing that for my clients, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I do it for my own trips, I book everyone else's trips first, and when it comes to my own, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go through all of that, like, <laughs> I would actually rather pay someone else to do it so I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can totally see the value in that. And that well that brings me on to another good question. How do you decide where you want to go to next? Uh depends on what I've got going on. Like with um going to America next week, I uh I don't have to be back in Australia until towards the end of March for a wedding. So I've literally got like five months wide open. So I'm being flown over for that trip and then I just asked them if I can change my ticket to come back later, which they said I could. So I'm going to stay in the States. I'm probably going to hit up a few more Caribbean countries. I'm going to head back down to Central America and do a couple more countries I haven't done there. Um, But I don't have anything set in concrete because I like to be open to opportunities that come up as well. So I don't know, like something could happen in Asia and I'll be like, oh, that sounds really cool. Maybe I'll fly to Asia or maybe I want to come home early. Like I love uh, having that flexibility of, um, yeah, just being open to to stuff happening. Yeah, and that sounds so exciting and it's so cool that you can be that open. And, and you It know, is. It's very yeah. exciting. It's so cool to finally be able to do this. Like I've been working for myself for – nearly two years now and Mm -hmm. it's yeah everything I wanted it to be 
So exciting. And I can't wait to see all of the pictures and hear all of these travel stories. Are you going to continue to write blogs everywhere you go? I am 100%. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually really behind on my blogs at the moment because I've had so much going on. So I definitely want to take a little bit of time out for myself in November and just, I don't know, set myself up somewhere in the States where I can just sit down and, and write out a bunch of blogs because I was in Asia for three or four months earlier this year and I still haven't posted any of those blogs. So there's a lot of stuff in my head that I want to get out. Yeah. Um, into writing and posted and again like it's interesting we've said it before like you just need the time to be able to do that like you know you you're on the road in all these different countries you've got to do your work you've got to you know help your clients and then in order to grow your blog for that to become a full-time you know career for you or a full-time income and so forth you've got to put in the extra hours and sit down and write and you know it's a lot of time like you're saying 16 hour days at the moment it is. It's, it's like working two. It is working two, two jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and traveling at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just flexible that I can. Um, my hours can be whenever. If it needs to be at one o'clock in the morning until you know eleven o'clock, that's fine. Like if yeah. I feel tired, I can you know go and take a nap and then you know <laughs> resume later on. Like yeah, I'm not yeah. set to a time. That's that's the good part. <laughs> do you? So do you have trouble then to adjust back to the time zones wherever you go? Like. I just, I just flow with whatever's happening. So when I landed in Paris last week, I got in, I think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I couldn't get into my hotel until four. So I sat there and did a few hours work after traveling for 28 hours. I somehow was still, (laughs) still fresh in that moment. So I did a few hours work. Yeah. And then I, I was started to get tired, so I went out and just wandered the streets of Paris and took some photos, created some content for a few hours. Um, and then I got into the room, you know, had a shower, went and got something to eat, and then I went to bed at like 6.30 at night, woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning wide awake, so I got up and worked for three hours. I went back to bed at 6 o'clock in the morning, and then I wanted to try and get myself onto Paris time, so I set my alarm for 9 o'clock in the morning so I could get up and do, like, a full normal day normal of day. creating content and working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that night I think I, I went to bed early again. It must have been, like, 8 o'clock, and then, again, like, up early the next morning. It's just um, – allowing yourself to go with with what your body mm. what your body feels like it don't don't get stuck on you have, like it's this time I should be asleep yeah yeah I think is the key for me anyway yeah and it seems to be working really well and I, I love that you've said that I could totally take that on board myself like if the body's wide awake then yeah why not get up and do some work yeah. why not use that time and then you know try and readjust when your body is ready to yeah, because otherwise, what what are you doing? You're you're going to lay there yeah. for three hours, wishing that wishing. you're asleep, where you could have used those three hours productively and then yeah. actually let your body rest when it was ready to rest. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, there is something I want to throw in the mix. I think I mentioned to you that I would love to do a podcast with you about the world of dating whilst being a digital nomad or you know <laughs> being a traveler. So I want to ask you this question: Are you currently single? I am currently You're single. Fantastic. How do you go about dating when you live everywhere and nowhere all at the same time? <laughs> well, I really 
written a couple of posts on this. I wrote mm-hmm. one before I went away on that last Asia trip about the pros and cons of using dating apps when you travel and I hadn't used them yet so I'd set myself a challenge of using it on my last trip um yeah so I used used an app on my last trip and I met a guy who was great I had like one of the best dates of my life um it was really fun but it's just like I don't know just like going into that without any expectation of what's going to happen like it obviously didn't work out with him uh we're still friends still Facebook friends so that's everything um but yeah just like having fun with it I I would love to meet someone who's another traveler like I've actually Mm. got that on my list of standards now is I um that they are a digital nomad too. So now when I meet someone, I'm actively looking for someone that is able to work flexibly like me and be anywhere. Cause that's really important to me. I, I can't be tied down in one place and I can't see that working for me. If I was to date someone in one place, that would be too constrictive mm-hmm. for me. Mm. Interesting. But that, I think that needs to be a whole nother episode right there. 100% another <laughs> episode. I look forward to that one. So um, what are some of the pros and cons of the, of the life on the road, of that digital nomad life? The pros for me is that some of my core values are freedom, learning new things, meeting new people, and just constantly inspiring myself and travel like ticks all of those boxes for me. I'm absolutely obsessed with it, passionate about it. I want to share it with everyone and I love what I do. So it doesn't feel like work most of the time. Mm. Um, the cons of that is that I have to give up a lot of my, um, of my personal life. So I don't get to spend as much time with with friends and family. So it's, it's easy to, um, you know, weaken bonds with people when, when you're not around as much as what you used to be. So Mm -hmm. it takes a lot more work to maintain those friendships. And yeah, that's probably the hardest thing. And especially when there's events going on and you feel like you're missing out, like if it's a wedding or an engagement and and you're not there for stuff like that sometimes stings. Yeah. Yeah. But the pros, by the sounds of it, definitely outweigh those things. A hundred percent for me in this moment. And I don't know if this will be forever, but for me right now, it's definitely um, way up on the pros side. Awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. So for everyone out there listening, we've just said that you are off to America next. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that trip and then where everyone can find you if they'd like to connect and follow along? Yes, I would love to. So I am flying out to Utah and I'm going to be doing a week-long road trip through Utah with Utah Tourism. So we're going to be visiting a lot of the national parks, um, hitting up places like Bridges and Monument Valley and some just incredibly gorgeous um, Mm, places. So I'm very excited to be able to share content from there. Mm. And then I will be staying on in the states caribbean central america not exactly sure where but that part of the world probably until about february Mm -hmm. uh so yeah stay tuned to see what happens because i actually don't know what's going to happen so it's very exciting (laughs) it's very exciting Uh, where you can find me is my website which Mm -hmm. is www.wildheartedworld.com 
gmail.com. I hope you can understand that through my fluey voice. <laughs> and my Instagram is also wildhearted world. So at wildhearted world. And my Facebook page is wildhearted world as well. So everything is very easy. It's all wildhearted world and super consistent across my brand. Awesome. Okay. I just want to say thank you so much, Dana, for coming on. I know that you're not feeling that well and you've had a bit of trouble with coughing throughout. I really, really appreciate you coming to chat with everyone about this digital nomad life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dana. It was such a pleasure to be able to, yeah, speak to everyone. And I hope that resonates with everyone. And if anyone's got any more questions, like feel free to hit me up on Facebook or like in the Solo Women Travel Tribe. I'm part of that group. So hit me up with a question. Um, yeah, I'm always happy to, to help people if, if that's going to help them grow as well. Awesome. Thank you again, Dana. Thanks, Dana. Bye. I hope today's episode has been helpful for you. If you would like to ask me any questions or give any feedback or comments, pop on over to Solo Woman Travel Tribe. I would love to hear from you guys and connect. Now, if you want to get your hands on my copy of the top five things you need to know as a solo woman traveler, it's not what you think, then head on over to www.solowomantraveltribe.com forward slash download. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are not already a member of our Solo Woman Travel Tribe, then please come and check us out at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Solo Woman Travel Tribe. Thanks again, and I hope to see you over in the group.